It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. Today is Wednesday, May the 31st. I'm joined, as I always am, 60% of the time. <laughs> but Mr. J and Mr. Cole Peason, how about you, fellas? How about you? How about you, brother? All right, all right, all right. We got some uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. We got some questions to answer. Some questions from the corner. Another new segment ready to go um, on the back burner. Before we get to all of that, want to say today is the last day of May, which means June the first is tomorrow, and it's a great Oof. time to get those houses on the market, to get those kids moved, settled into a new home this summer, and this is where it all begins, the beginning of summer, folks. Give her a call if you're looking for Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, looking to sell your home, looking to buy a new home. Give her a call, Jessica Andrews with the Talents Group, 334-704-4442. She is a five-star realtor, as Mr. J. Head likes to point out. She's fantastic, folks. I'm telling you, if you, if, if you wanted to get it done and get it done right and get it done top dollar, She's the one to call. Jessica Andrews with the Talents Group. Give her a call. Tell her we sent you. Some news coming out this week, folks. Let's see. On Sunday was officially uh, Auburn's move-in day. The class of 2023, all but one, have now reported to campus. That includes Sylvester, Sylvester Smith, the four-star DB from Munford, uh, who he, he was kind of the last one. I think uh, some of our guys who knew him personally said he was uh, – finishing up a senior trip and was reporting soon after that. I don't know, but it sounds good to me. He was a little late, uh, but he has reported. The only one not reported, and this is what, 20 transfers, 21 high school JUCO kids, 41? So 42, well, 41 in all, 20 transfers, 21 high school and junior college prospects. Whew, that's a lot, man. Yeah, I saw almost half your roster, right? So 85, what's your halfway mark, 42.5? So you turned over all like forty nine percent of your roster. Wow, wow, wow. Um, let's see, and some others coming in this week. June is going to be official visit month, and it's going to be all month long. Auburn's got a huge weekend. We we knew of three guys last week. We knew three guys coming in, uh, and Jamonte Waller, uh, T.J. Lindsey, and Wyatt Simmons. Cole has some news. I believe it was yesterday. Was it Cole? Five star edition. <laughs> yes, five-star addition, Jalen Bakway, Clay Chalkville, which I think is crazy because I went up there. You know, I got a pretty good contact over there at Clay Chalkville High School, and, and he's 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 good about knowing where these guys are leaning, what they're thinking. He's like, yeah, and Bakway's shut it down, man. He's probably not going to take those official visits. And he told me at one time, if he does take one, Auburn's getting one, you know, besides Alabama. Uh, this was a couple months ago, and, he, and just a couple weeks ago, he's like, "Yeah, he shut it down. Not happening." And then Keith Neighbor talked to him at at the uh, on three camp series that's been on fire this past week. He talked the NIL Elite Series, correct? yes, yes, which has been awesome, man. It's been all over social media, lots of big time guys, and Bakway's there, and he told Keith, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be there this weekend." I was like, "Man, okay." Sounds good. I didn't expect that, but sounds good. 
it's never a bad deal when you sure. get a five-star defensive back to report for an official visit, right? Even if the chances are that he's going to sign with them, and I would say that there's still probably a very high probability that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. I think you would probably agree. But in the day and age of the transfer portal, it never hurts to finish second, contingent on what happens at the university that they so land at. So I can absolutely see where this is a play for the Auburn staff, just to stay relative, keep that contact there, see if he decides he won't, he changes his mind, and if he doesn't, maybe he changes his mind once he sees Alabama's depth chart. Who truly knows? But, um, no, I it, can't say enough about Hugh Freeze and his staff for the talent that they've been able to get on campus, that's for sure. That's the one thing that goes unquestioned in all of this. That's true. He uh, first visited since the new staff took over back in March. Cole, you had a story with him then. I think he came up for a, a practice maybe. Yeah. Um, and he said he wants to take all official visits. He said that uh, said that back then. I'm pretty sure Auburn will get an official visit. I want to take all five of my official visits, so Auburn would be one of my five. And sure enough, he lived up to that. And is expected to be in uh, – you know, Hugh Freeze is still at the uh, SEC, me- uh, SEC meetings down in Destin. If, yes. if I, if I, if I think that's right. So yeah. you've got the uh, the linebacker Wyatt Simmons coming in from Arkansas on, to visit on Thursday. I think he'll leave Friday, and then the other guys, the other three, I think, are scheduled to come in late Friday or Saturday and not and, and stay until Monday. I think that's when Freeze will kind of be back this weekend and be able to get some time with those guys. Um, I think Wyatt Simmons, J Head. The and Cole, you two, both of you guys. The the key there is is Josh Aldridge. Yes, mm-hmm. long time relationship between Josh Aldridge and White Simmons' father. Uh, Josh Aldridge played for White Simmons' dad at Harding University, where <clears throat> Josh Aldridge was a All Conference player and performer. Um, I, look, we talk about it all the time, but there's a very big relational aspect to recruiting, right? Like, you know, the highlights are what is the NIL, playing time, getting me to the league. But this sport still falls back on relationships. And when you have one as strong as Josh Aldridge has with this young man's father, that's always going to pay dividends. And now we're getting the first official visit of the summer session. You're setting the tone for anything that comes thereafter. And we all know that sometimes when you set the tone correctly, um, sometimes that's it. So getting them on campus first is always, always a big deal. And this is a guy, as a linebacker, yes, he's unranked right now, but he won't be that way for long, I promise you. Yeah. That offers from Clemson, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, FSU. Everybody's pushing to get this kid on campus. Auburn's got him on, and they got him on for a reason. Look. He can play the triangle. He can bounce off guards. He absolutely uh, will hit you, okay? This is a guy that can run and hit with the absolute best of them. He's a former wide receiver and defensive end, so he's a little bit of an athlete right now. But I assure you guys, while he may not be as defined or ref- as refined as the word I'm looking for as some of the other linebacker targets, the upside on him is through the roof. And with that, I'm going to punt it to Cole. Well, I, you know, people like to – get all out of sorts about Auburn offering an unranked guy or, oh, he's a linebacker. That means we missed on somebody. You know, well, you don't know that for sure. And, and number one, if if Auburn's not finding guys like this with however many months we have to go, I don't think they're doing their due diligence anyway. So that's their job. They're supposed to find guys like that. Um, and, he, you know, he got all his offers in the past two or three weeks, Texas, Oklahoma, Clemson, all these, you know, top schools. 
I really think he is not a backup plan, but a, hey, uh, get him on the board today. Yes. As soon as you saw him, it's time to get him on campus. It's time to get him on the board. He's, he's, he's just as good as the other guys that we've got on the board. So I think, I mean, the quickness, like how fast this is moving and how fast they get him on campus, mm-hmm. I think that means something. Yeah. I really do. And you, like you pointed out with the relationship that, that there is with Aldridge, I think there was some groundwork laid before all of these offers came in. He already knew about it. Yep. There's no way he didn't, right? Uh, just putting two and two together. Right. Uh, but also I've heard that, yes, they knew who he was and wanted to take a shot on him, but needed to see him, needed to see a little bit more, and they saw it. And, of course, never hurts to see all these other schools seeing the same thing. And jumping in, of course, I think you reported Auburn's offer maybe one of the first ones. I think it was May 9th. It I was. Can look. But I just think this guy, and I wanted to make a, a make him, you know, I wanted to put some stuff out here out there on him, his, his film, all that kind of stuff. I'm just impressed with him as a player. Why well, him so? Anytime you see something like a guy burst on the freaking scene the way this guy has, it's almost like these schools have video of him and we're like, "Man, we really like this. I want to go see him in person." Yes. Yeah. They all go out there at April eval period and see it like what they see, and then in May here come all the offers. June here come all the visits, and you know, in the span of six weeks, this dude went from a relatively unknown to one of the most highly coveted linebackers of the month, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, think of it. No, I mean, look at Auburn's class last year and Tyler Scott, a guy who is a nobody committed to Arkansas State. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved his measurables, but when they got an opportunity to see him live and in action, okay. Then the offers started flying, and you saw nothing but his star on the rise and ended up being a high four-star defensive back. Yep. So – this is a situation where I think you're going to see, okay, he's not ranked right now, but let's see where he, where he's going to be. And for me personally, if Britt Venables wants you and offers you, all right, good enough. I, I don't need to – I mean, Jay head doesn't need to do an evaluation on this <laughs> linebacker. He can probably play, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I think we can trust that evaluation well enough. Uh, he will be here. He will uh, – as well as Jalen Mbakwe, we talked about him, the Foster Alabama commitment, Javante Waller. Arguably the top uh, Jack Edge rusher. Yes. One of the top uh, guys on the board. And then T.J. Lindsey, kind of a – he's not he's not creating a lot of excitement, but that's because he's probably just a mid-three-star guy, at least right now. You Both of you, both of you guys like him, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning about him. Okay. You know, he just transferred to IMG. Uh, oh, I did not know that. Auburn's had trouble there. And maybe it's good that he's a late addition to IMG and he's not the guy that's been at IMG. If you're Auburn, I, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the voodoo is over there. But, you know, uh, he's a guy. Isn't he from Arkansas? He is. He's originally from Arkansas. They seem to have something going in that state a little bit, obviously with Walker White and, and knowing all these people there. and um, Wyatt Simmons. Uh, Hughes spent a lot of time there. Obviously, Josh Aldris has spent a lot of time there. Yep. Yep. He had some others on the board earlier uh, that are now off the board to Arkansas. Understandable. Uh, but when you see a good player out there and you're going for him like this and you're willing to give him an official visit, then there's something there. There's absolutely something there. Now you, like you saw a couple weeks ago, Sean Seviano or last week, he yeah. visited 
you know, probably not going to officially visit. That that tells me that Lindsey's higher on the board. Yep. And uh, sort of a similar type player too. So I, I think Lindsey's interesting. I, I don't know much about him though yet, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, he's more of a three tech four eye type guy. I think Sebiano's more of a, a one tech test slash zero nose, so a little bit of a different position, but both interior defensive linemen. But once again, look at the offer list and where he's going to take his official visit. So he's going to Arkansas, Auburn, Texas, and Texas A&M. If those are your top four schools, that tells me that you're an SEC-level competitor. Okay, you're an SEC-level defender. So that in and of itself, you know, I mean, kind of justifies the evaluation if you're, you know, if he's also visiting your peer schools. And those would absolutely be peer schools. Yeah. So how is he as a player? It's hard to tell. Look. When you are looking at a kid that's playing against, you know, high school football in the state of Arkansas, you're not talking about a state that produces a ton of NFL-type talent, right? This is not a Louisiana, an Alabama, Georgia, a Florida, a Texas. So it's a little bit questionable what competition he's faced up against. But overall, he looks like a productive player to me. He's a guy that can get vertical penetration. Um, and I'm interested to learn more about his recruitment. Wow. Maybe we'll find out this weekend, get a good uh, in-depth interview with him uh, as he leaves. Jeffrey, uh, I, I want to know more about Jamonte Waller, too, to be honest. That guy, he he is um, – Can you play the jacket six feet tall? I don't know. He's pretty electric off the edge. I'll Jeff Holland wasn't much taller than that, was he? Look at Jalen McLeod. Yeah. I mean, he's, what, 6'1"? Oh. Yeah. So, I think it depends on how they deploy him within the scheme. If they're going to try to play him as a pure four-down guy, or you know, what I mean, they, more of a run setter, no, absolutely not. But I think if you're going to use him as a traditional, as a yeah. true outside linebacker that can come off the edge and create havoc there, I absolutely think that he can thrive in this defense. So it's really dependent upon how they utilize him within the scheme. I agree with that. You know, Sterling Dixon talked about this and how Auburn wants to use him as a middle guy the first two first two downs, then on obvious obvious passing downs, push him up to uh, to rush the passer. I don't know if that's just what they're telling him, or if, if that's if it's a possibility to keep the same guy out there. On basically, you're not coming out is what they're telling him. You play inside, and then you'll drop down and rush the passer. Uh, yeah, I think there's a possibility for that. And Austin Armstrong, who's the defensive coordinator at Florida who's a protege of Ron Roberts, is planning to utilize uh, Jamonte Waller that way. I would imagine that Ron Roberts probably sees him pretty similarly. And and I don't know that. Um, I don't have any connection to Ron Roberts. um, And I haven't seen our recruiting pitch to him just yet other than playing the Jack. But I got to think there's something to that, Jeffrey, that they see him as a three-down guy, somebody that can play on the inside and on the outside, so kind of a combo backer. Jeff Holland listed it at six two uh, on Auburn's official roster, so that means he's about six one. There you yeah. go. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, Jay, listen. We wanted to. Uh, we've got some interest on this offensive line, and you brought some interior linemen, interior offensive linemen, um, and we've talked about maybe doing what we did last summer, which was naming five at each position that we think Auburn can get two up. Is that kind of where you were hoping this would? Absolutely. Okay, good. So right. we're going to bring back the segment of five targets to know or five to get to. Five, four, on, two. How about yeah. that? Depending on, yeah, how you how you see it. And I, at this point, I think 
we're probably looking at two to three interior offensive line targets in this class. I think that's probably from the high school ranks. That's what you're looking at is two to three. And one of those may be a combo guy that could play inside, could play outside. So you could probably utilize him multifaceted. But I'm going to list off some guys, and I would love to hear your opinion or if you have somebody else that you would sub in that position, and we'll kind of go that way. All right. So the first name on the board of five targets that you need to know, Reese Baker. Would anybody anybody disagree that Reese Baker is absolutely a target on the board? Oh, no, he definitely is. I think he's probably interchangeable between interior and tackle, but, yes, absolutely on the board. My only, I would have him in Auburn's class. My only question would be interior. Is he? I mean, y'all know. I'm looking him up. Is he a tackle or interior guy? He's, he's listed as a tackle, and I think he could do it. He, he's one of those guys though that's sort of in between right now. And and you take him and go. Well, we'll figure this out later. Definitely have him on there though. Yep. Yes. The next name, Caleb Holmes. Mm, yeah, 100. percent Coming in for an official visit next weekend, I think he is a high-priority target, a guy that's a natural interior player. I, judging by his mobility, I, I, I don't know how he is snapping, Cole, but i got to think he's probably even got the versatility to play center contingent on how they cross-train him. I think so. I think he definitely could. He's, he's, a, um, he's a mauler uh, to me, and he's not a bigger guy. He's sort of a little bit lean right now. Right. Now he's got the frame to be a little bit bigger and, and add some weight. But as as a more lean guy, as an athletic interior offensive lineman, he can maul. You know, he can he can take a single block, or he can get in the combo and just run it out of there. So, I like him, man. I really do. I think he's higher. Uh, I think he's real high on Auburn's board. I agree. And look, if you're looking at a guy like Avery Jones right now, now I think this kid is more physical. Like you said, he mauls more than Avery Jones does. But you look at the body. And I can see his body growing into what mm-hmm. Avery Jones is right now, specifically with the athleticism like you talked about. Sure. Um, next name on the board, Jamison Riggs. Definitely. Yep. Another one of those guys is a combo player to me. I think he could play tackle at some point. I think he's probably an interior target and probably best suited to play left guard. But, you know what I mean, tackle in a pinch for sure. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. have guys that can swing. Right. And I've been hearing good things about Jameson Riggs as well. I put out an article on him today talking about some, you know, some things that I've heard on him. I really think it's between Auburn and Clemson, and Auburn's got a chance to stuff Dabo in a locker once again, like you like to say here, Jay Ed. God, would I love to break that one out. He's coming in in two weeks, I believe. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's a guy that Walker White's pretty heavy on, and I think it's interesting that Walker White, when he gets in on these Clemson Auburn battles, there's there's something there that you think Auburn might have just a little bit of a an aid, right, from him. And, yeah, and here, he, here's why I chose Auburn over Clemson. Yes. Yes, and, and he's receptive to Walker White, from what I understand. They're they're pretty they're they've gotten close. It's a good thing. We'll talk about one more that's close to Walker White, Casey Poe. Yeah. He might be number one on the list. No, he's, he's, if he's not, he's top three, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think for the staff, he probably is absolutely top two interior interior offensive line target on the board. The competition, though, is thick there. Mm-hmm. We all know that you're matched up against Alabama, A&M, Oklahoma, Clemson, Georgia. 
Texas Tech is in there, believe it or not. I believe it. And, look, their head coach, Joey Jones, is a fantastic recruiter. He's got connections all throughout that Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex area. Um, and I'm not going to be shocked if he's the head coach at uh, Texas A&M this time next year after Jimbo gets fired. But <laughs> Joey yeah. Jones? Not Joey. Joey McGuire. I'm sorry. I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not the former Alabama wide receiver slash yeah. Alabama head coach. My bad. Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire. Mountain Brook head coach. He was Mountain Brook, I believe. He was. Yeah. He was Mountain Brook, then Birmingham Southern, then South Alabama. Is that where he is now? No, nah, he got whacked from South Alabama a couple of years back. <laughs> he was he like, got whacked. <laughs> yeah. Jay, <laughs> um, you said Reese Baker, Caleb Holmes, Jameson Riggs, Casey Poe. Yes. And last but not least, okay. Preston Tiamu. Is that Did, how you say it, Cole? I've been saying Tiamua. Talmud, you, you're probably right. God knows you don't want me enunciating that way. Uh, you don't want to follow me either, but <laughs> you. Yeah. Looks like Talmud to me. Let's go with Talmud then. We'll, we'll ask uh, Ben Aguamai how you say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know That's I mean? right. But yeah, he, he's the only reason I, I had reservations of saying that Casey Poe was number one is because I then thought of Preston Talmud. Yes. I think he could be at least one, two, or three on the board. I don't disagree, Cole. I, I mean, and look, we're looking at the top five right now. And I think that probably all of those at this moment, and this isn't a knock to him, but every one of those, but Reese Baker are a take as of today. I can't imagine an, it, us Auburn telling any one of those guys, eh, hold off, man. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not ready to take your commitment. No. Yeah. Right. And these are all guys, the last four that I just named, are all taking an official visit to Auburn in the month of June. Mm. So we could know how this interior offensive line group looks very early on in the summer, guys, because I can't imagine that the majority of these recruitments are going to drag out throughout the year. That's funny you said that, j because I remember talking to Reese Baker not too long ago, and he was going to wait until, I believe, the season to take his official visit. Is that right? I think so. I'm almost positive it is, Jeffrey. And that would make a lot of sense if you're reading tea leaves here. Let's yes. bring these guys in here right now. Let's see if we can't nail them down. We've got Reese coming in in the fall, who we feel good about already. Sure. Yes. In, this, in this hypothetical conversation that I'm having with the Auburn coaches. <laughs> uh, so, you know, let, let, we've got time with him, but let's get these guys in when we can, especially a guy from Hawaii where if he's playing on a Friday night in the fall, Look, you're not going to get him. You're not going to get him to a game as much as it, you would like to. Absolutely not. Yeah. Versus not get Madison Academy, who you can get down pretty much whenever you want. You're yeah. going to get Casey Poe back for a game. I bet you. Yes. I bet you're going to get Caleb Holmes back for a game. I bet you're going to get J- uh, Riggs, Jameson Riggs, back for a game, and obviously uh, Baker will be for a game. Yes. Yep. So uh, I like the five. I-, I couldn't come up with anybody else. If I, uh, that, that that would be my five as well. And now, are we saying if Auburn could get two of those guys? I think they might even take three because there are several of those guys on the board that could also play tackle. But I'm saying if they did, if they were, if they were able to get two or three of those guys, home run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Big home time. Run. I like that, man. Maybe next week we'll uh, go to offensive tackle. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good way to start. We'll always start with the offensive line. Everybody loves the hog model. We'll, we'll start in interior and we'll work our way out. 
and back. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on. I think we got some uh, some questions from the corner loaded. Man, I tell you what, I've enjoyed this segment, Jay Head. You had a fantastic idea. I think everybody has. Uh, we've been taking uh, questions from the corner Auburn Live on three message board and, and getting them out over here. It's got some fantastic. Uh, questions from our subscribers. If you haven't subscribed to Auburn Live on Three Man, this is the perfect opportunity because this June is going to be loaded with recruiting information. Um, it's already starting, and uh, there's going to be visits every weekend. Give us a try if you haven't already. Auburn Live on Three, twenty nine ninety nine for six months. That's five dollars a month. Get in, get signed up, join our community. We would love it. All right. Question number one: AU Net Champs. Uh, are we done with basketball recruiting for the year? Do you think we'll add another one to this 2023-2024 team? It's a great question. Um, Justin Hokinson has done a fantastic job. I think after uh, David uh, Baker Mazzara, yes. Ma- Mazzara committed, uh, I think about two weeks ago, Justin Hokinson had a fantastic article on Auburn Live on 3 talking about what he thinks will happen next. And he thinks that, the, that with um, Baker Mazzara, that is – uh, number 11 scholarship, Auburn has 13. Each team has 13. Looking for a 12th. Yes. Potential like a uh, – basically you're looking for a depth piece at this point. You're not looking for a starter. You're, you're not going to get a starter unless uh, – I, I don't think. I don't think so either, Jeffrey. I mean, the only place I could think is if some kind of grad transfer were to pop in that is a, you know, a one-year guy at the three. That's the only spot I can see somebody wanting to come in and compete with a guy that's coming up from junior college that hasn't solidified himself yet at Auburn. But I, I'm hard-pressed to come up with a name that would be that person. So I'm with you. I think they're looking for a developmental 4-5, and Justin has reported that as well, that they can kind of groom because, look, you're in a situation where you're obviously going to be losing two of your front court players moving into next year in Jalen Williams and Janai Broom. There's no question on that. Jalen's out of eligibility. Janai, I believe, has a COVID year that he could utilize. But you were lucky to get him back this season. So I, I can't imagine that they would think that they're going to have him moving forward. So you need somebody to help build, to help build depth to pair with Cheney Johnson moving forward into next year. I don't know of the name on the board yet of who they're going to target, but that's the, that's the position to me that makes the most sense and probably the place they're going to uh, to plan to attack just because of the unknowns moving forward with that position. Hey, if you haven't already, man, um, Justin put out a new article about uh, midday on Wednesday. Some fence, on my mind is what he's titled it, Basketball Roster, Hugh Freeze Comments on Suspensions, SEC Scheduling, and more. Fantastic piece from Justin. Go check that out. He addresses some basketball as well as some football in there. Um, all right, AU Net Champs. Let me, let me let me not fall behind here. AU Net Champs. We got to give him a how about you there. All right, R four, R four. Can you guys estimate what next portal season will look like as we try to close the talent gap? Will it depend on how this high school class seems to finish out? So where do you see Auburn? We certainly don't want to see Auburn signing 20-something kids out of the portal next year. Right, Cole? Uh, Hugh Freeze would rather not, okay. but I think that it'll be similar. I, I'm thinking around 15, maybe more, because a lot of these guys are grad transfers, and you also have guys that might go pro. So there are going to be similar roster spots other than what you're feeling from the high school class. And I think you just need that one more year to push you into – 
you you know, those guys getting another year, the guys you just brought in who just moved in on campus getting another year. I think it's going to take one more year of heavy portaling. Okay. J-Head? 12. I, okay. I think it'll be about 12. I think it's going to be significantly less than the 20 we took this year. But I think they are going to try to take some high, some impact high school kids, some junior college prospects in this class, and then they'll take about 12 from the portal. I think they're going to be um, – they're going to have a better idea of probably what's going to be in the portal this time next year. They're not going to be transitioning staffs. They're going to know exactly what they're looking for and what they're going to target, how this roster is going to look. So probably the number is going to be 12, and then they'll start to try to decrease that to more along the lines of what Georgia and Alabama do every year. Mm-hmm. There's around five to eight guys to kind of subsidize where you may have missed in recruiting or if you have like a massive gap in your room, something happened. Well, yep. this is not – it's just coincidence only, but I was going to say 12 to 15. You don't want to see a huge dip back to hardly any, right? No, because no. you're gonna, you're, you're, there's gonna be some trends. You want to see a steady decline in the number of transfers that you're taking each year until you get to that handful of guys where you're just filling needs, yeah, and not roster depth chart pieces. You know, you're just filling needs. Boom, you're pick, you're cherry picking, just like Georgia and everybody, everybody else should be utilizing the portal. Uh, so, well, that's good stuff. Uh, Rice DP wants to know how much of an impact does Walker White? Not making the elite eleven have on his ability to recruit others in this class. I don't think it has anything on that. I think, yeah, I, no, I don't I, think anybody. I don't think anybody's going to go. Oh, dude, he didn't make elite eleven. No, I ain't listening to him. Well, I think it's if he went and had a terrible showing, that might be a little different. But he didn't, you know, he yeah. didn't participate, so it's different. Did it hurt Arch Manning last year, who didn't compete? Uh, it's kind of like the guys that I mean, in a way. It's not exactly like this, but the guys that hang out of the combine and go, eh, you know, I've showed enough. Yeah. It's a little bit like that in this case, and that's not what he was doing. He was, you know, had an injury or whatever, but, you know, if they already seen what he can do. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. There's been a lot of injury. I didn't realize this was such a big deal to fans. I didn't either. I didn't My either. Goodness. I've heard the question a lot. Yeah. I think this is. Flag football is always a big deal to Auburn. <laughs> I mean, we're talking seven on seven flag football, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Skelly. They used to call it Skelly. Yeah, Skelly. Yeah. But realistically, I think what most Auburn fans are worried about is going to hurt his overall rating because he's not going to be there in front of the national guys, and there's some prestige that comes with the Elite Eleven camp. To me, this actually increases our our chances of him having a bigger effect on the class because now you get the opportunity for Walker to be here in the summertime. He's not mm-hmm. training for the Elite 11. Right. He can come over for an official visit weekend and help work some of these offensive linemen, wide receivers. It's not going to surprise me at all if you see Walker White here on June the 16th. He will be. We've got a massive amount of targets in town. Yep. I was just about to say that. He'll be, I guarantee you. Um June the 16th. Yeah, I think there's going to be eight to ten official visitors that weekend. Yeah, you got to think Walker White's going to be here. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he actually alluded to it earlier in our conversations back before. He's going to at least try to. Uh, all right, maybe AU10. Name the biggest flip, the script moment for Q in this recruiting class. Uh, one for offense and one for defense. Slight plot twist. Can't use Coleman or Phillips. Oof. Name the biggest flip the script moment for Q Freeze. Okay. You can't use on offense and defense. Can't use Cam Coleman on offense. You can't use Joe Phillips on defense. Mm. Mm. Let's, All right. 
Okay. Well, let's throw out some possibilities here. Are we talking Kevin Riley? Are we talking uh, Nick Marsh? Are we talking, um, uh, uh, you know, Landon Thomas, Caleb Odom, one of those tight ends? I'm, I'm going down positions. Are we talking Casey Poe? Are we that, talking that's the one. Big OT? I'm thinking Casey Poe. Me too. For offense. I, I really think that one's realistic. I think Auburn has a legitimate shot. Uh, it, it would be the I – mean, What about Perry more, Thompson? I, you know, I thought about Perry Thompson, but it would be. Yeah. Yeah, the options is what I'm throwing out here. I, for whatever reason about Casey Poe, I, 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 I feel what you're putting down, Cole. Mm. I mean, I think Auburn's kind of like a little dark horse in this cat's recruitment. I do like, too. Would you be absolutely shocked if he signed with Auburn? I wouldn't. Mm-mm. I wouldn't be shocked. Would I call it an upset? Absolutely. For sure. That's the reason. Because yeah. everybody that's involved here, I mean, and, and Georgia and Alabama are really involved. So is Clemson. So is everybody else on his board. I mean, he's one of the high, most heavily recruited players in, in, in the class of 2024. So landing him just with that is huge, but also pulling the number one Offensive yeah. guard or interior offensive lineman in the country, according to all three. From yes. Texas. And from Texas. Yeah. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To me, go ahead, Jeffrey. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I want to stay, stay on offense. I'm about to shoot the defense. Uh, to me, and I've got my offense and my defense, and I don't think defensively you guys are going to agree with me, but you'll see. We'll take us to it. All right. Perry Thompson on offense for me. If you're talking about a flip the script moment, Flipping an in-state wide receiver from Foley, Alabama, if you pull that off, that is an absolute shot across the bow at the University of Alabama. Yep. Okay, that, that is the definitive moment that everybody knows, okay, Auburn is for real right now. Now, I don't – man, I, <laughs> I've been on the record as saying I just can't see it. But I saw where our guy Andrew Bone over there on the Alabama on three side said, look, I'm not overly worried about Jalen Mbakwe coming into Auburn this weekend. We The staff feels pretty solid. Perry Thompson is the one that you need to pay attention to because if anybody is going to flip, it could be Perry Thompson. Mm. Now, he didn't predict it, but he said that's the one that you need to pay attention to. And when the Alabama recruiting guys are going, hey, it's a possibility? Yes. That's – that's, That's a, a big lot. deal, right? That's a big deal. Been talking to Frederick Nandy, huh? I guess he has. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, 
my guess is they're going to, get to try to get Perry to shut it down when he goes to Alabama this weekend. I firmly believe that. And if he visits Auburn, we'll see what happens. But that would be the flip the script moment on offense. Sure. On defense, for me, it's Jalen Crawford. Landing Jalen Crawford over Florida, over LSU, that's a big-time moment in this, rec- in, in this recruiting class, and it's going to give you a lot of momentum. You already got Walker White, which was the definitive moment to this point. Stuffing Dabo in a locker for a quarterback, I mean, that is the moment up until this point. But taking Jalen Crawford away from Florida and away from LSU, two places that consider themselves DBU, that speaks volumes to what Auburn and what West McGriff and uh, and Zach are doing with the defensive backfield. I like the Jalen Crawford because I think Auburn has a a better shot with him, and he's a top 100 guy. Yeah. You know, you'd like to see Demarcus Riddick. You'd like to see Sterling Dixon. You'd like to see um, some other big. I'm not saying Jalen Crawford isn't a big name, but uh, at least he's not an in-state kid committed elsewhere. Correct. Right. right. But you take him, uh, Jalen Crawford's a big deal. And, and I think Auburn's got a, I think we've talked about this before, gun to the head, I've got him going to Auburn right now. Right. Yeah. Um, well, hey, that's good stuff. I like that question. I like Where that you question. Where you side? Yeah, I was trying to, uh, let me throw out some more options. I can do the, uh, Demarcus Riddick. Yeah. Is Sterling Dixon, uh, that flipped the script guy, is, uh, um, who's the edge coming in? Uh, Waller. Yeah, Jamonte Waller is – I don't know of any defensive tackle that would just – you know, you're not going to get Jeremiah Beeman. He was kind of the guy who moved the needle for me the most at defensive uh, tackle. Um, defensive back, they don't really – Jalen Crawford, to me, I can't think of anybody better than him because I think Auburn's got a really good shot with him. I think – but uh, is he that flip the script guy or is that somebody, in my opinion, is that somebody that Auburn would get – Last year, the year before, did uh, we talking before or after Harson was fired? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Auburn still got some dudes. I mean, they still finished top fifteen with him here. Yes, they did. Uh, well, the first class in his first class, obviously the second class. Well, he didn't make it to the second class, but um, yeah, they they did. They finished, I think, number seventeen in the country. Um, and as I put the other day, the blue chip ratio just went up. Yeah. And Caleb Burton and uh, uh, Demario Tolan to that class, so that class is, it looks a little bit better on paper now than it once did. Yeah, you're right. My pick would be KJ Bolden. Ooh, yeah, that's a good pick. I actually took the question as, "Hey, give us the one that you think is going to happen." That's what. That's kind of how I took the question just now. Oh, I you got Auburn getting KJ Bolden? I, I'm not saying that. I think he's the next most likely on defense. Okay, I hear you. Or yeah. split the script guys after Jalen Crawford. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. I like I, you, I, I move him ahead of Demarcus Riddick where I once felt I hear you. there. And, and I, I put it on an article said, no, I don't feel great about that one right now. Although, I will say, this is the same source that made me feel good about Auburn in the, in the first place was the one that told me, look, you're going to see some twists and turns in this recruitment. And it's going to go all the way. Yeah. Being, being that he has not changed anything as far as, I mean, we've had all these reports come out and all this and, but him, he's been committed to Georgia the whole time. That to me is not a twist or a turn coming from him. So that means I think there's more coming from that one. I just keep an eye out right now. Alabama seems to have the momentum. That doesn't mean it's over, but I would still put KJ Bolden as the next most likely. 
had a Sterling Dixon. I wasn't going to mention Sterling, but no. <laughs> so, so, so you would have Crawford, Bolden, and Sterling Dixon, those three guys. Yeah, with Bolden being number three, probably, or at least on the same ground with Dixon. 2A, 2B. All right, I like that, Cole. I, I, I like that. Um, that, that I, I agree with everything y'all just said. I don't have anything new. Um, I don't have any. Yeah. I think Jalen Crawford. Um, I don't feel like Auburn signs KJ Bolden. Um, I don't know. I, with Sterling Dixon, I think it's going to depend. In my opinion, it, it's how it always until this until the script is flipped. Yeah. I will. I will assume the Alabama commitments are signing with Alabama unless they don't want them. Yeah. I like it, and I think, okay. I think that's a stance that has held up over time and proved me wrong. And, look, I would love yes. to be proved wrong. I completely but, agree. I'll believe it when I see it, and when I see it, I'll believe it. There you go. <laughs> until, until then, I'm Missouri Is that what, or Montana. Yeah, whichever one you want to call it, brother. Yeah, there you go. We can see it. Packer Woods in wants to know, with the new scheduling proposals, curious as to who each of y'all would want to keep as our three permanent games if we do the nine-game schedule. Give us a little – explain to us, J-Head, as though we're five, uh, what's going on. So right now you have a debate of whether or not we're going to stay with eight conference games or we're going to move to nine conference games. And within that nine conference game slate, you would have three permanent opponents and the other six would rotate on an every-year basis. If the eight if we do the eight game scheduling model, it would be a one permanent opponent and then a revolving seven. So if we go to the nine, my three permanent opponents that I want to keep year in and year out are Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss. Those are the three I want. Um, I reserve the right to change that in five years when Lane Kiffin is no longer the head coach at Ole Miss. But those are the three as of today that I would want. Obviously, Bandy's the layup because you need a breather. But I just I – lo- I love rivalry games. I love games that matter. I love games that mean something. And that game means something to the Auburn fan base right now. My three would be Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see Auburn play the other guys in the championship game. <laughs> yeah, right. Go. There you go. Uh, for uh, I, I would hate to see Auburn lose the Georgia game uh, or the Alabama game. Um, I, for the third one, I could go Ole Miss. Um, I could go LSU. But I understand, you know, you need a layup if you're going to have those two guys because those two those two teams aren't going away. We're not going to yeah. see Alabama uh, under Mike Shula ever again. No. All right, right. we're not going to see Fear the Thumb ever again. Not in our lifetime. Probably so not. Get them. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you're going to put Alabama and Georgia, both of them, in my opinion, aren't going away for a long time. No. You you pick out the the easiest one and put them on there. Cole. I, I mean, I, I'd hate to lose the Auburn LSU game personally. Me too. Me too. But I'm with y'all. You know, Georgia Bama, you got to have something. So maybe Mississippi State. Ole Miss. I, I think I think a, a Mississippi game is probably. Good. I like it. I like and, it. And for those that are in, having a freak out moment about the potential of it being an eight game schedule moving forward, that that's the way that, that things seem to be leaning right now, because ESPN is not necessarily ready to give extra money for a ninth conference game guys if we play Alabama every year and you play Georgia every other year not that big of a deal okay I mean you're still going to get 
you know, I mean, the, the longest rivalry in the South or the oldest rivalry in the South is just going to be every other year. Not a catastrophe. Right. I hear you. Uh, um, I got to admit, though, I wouldn't mind seeing Texas on there. I wouldn't mind seeing Oklahoma on there. No. Tennessee or Florida for me. Oh, I'd, like the, I'd like to see the Florida rivalry come back a little bit, too. That's great. Back in the 90s. It's always a tough game, man. Always. Spurrier loved him from Terry Bowden. Oh, God, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh, Bookout's got a basketball question for us. Has Auburn moved on from LeBaron Phylon, or is he still in play? He's in, he's still in play. Yep. Uh, if so, is there someone else at the 2-3 that is higher on their board? I don't think so. Man, uh, th- there's a shift in – there's a shift in scheme yeah. going on right now at Auburn. In recruiting scheme, and it's—I think we've written about this. So I'm not—it's not, not big of a hot dude. Bruce Pearl's getting fed up with this high school shit. Yeah, to be is. honest with you, he's sick of it. He wants to lean heavy into the portal. He does. He's tired of developing talent and watching that talent walk away. Whereas, if you pour, if you procure that talent out of the transfer portal, they can't go anywhere. And if you evaluate properly in the transfer portal, you're already taking a season product that's ready to play and produce that you can get for two straight years. Dude, I, I don't know that Auburn will take more than two high school kids ever out of a class. I, I really think, don't. I think three might be the max. And that's might. if you're turning over a big roster. And and we are turning over a big roster next year, so maybe we sure. get to three. Sure. That's, that's pretty smart. I like that. Uh, I, I I, th- I think it's bold, and I also think it's going to become more popular. I, I'm, I'm, I was talking, I, w- I was talking with the the girls' basketball coach, uh, Johnny uh, Rogers, mm-hmm. and um, she, you know, she went heavy in the transfer portal. And I was talking to you know the the basketball, uh, the high school basketball kids. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's, it's, it's you're going to get left out a lot now. You're you're going to have to work your way up. These kids that could sign with the Auburns and the Mississippi States, you know, uh, girls. Um, in the past and could work their way up to be a two-year starter at the juniors. And this is not for women. I'm talking about men, too. Sure. Uh, you're going to have to go get those experience at JUCO. You're going to have to go get that experience at CMO or wherever else you're going to go and then right. work your way. You're going to have to go to the minor leagues. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking a case of maybe Sharif Cooper or JT Thor, these guys that you bring in from high school and only play one year and go. I, those guys weren't fully developed. I mean, you didn't get their best basketball, in my no. opinion. Now, Jabari's a different story, and he's going to keep going, but he was more polished, right? Jabari and uh, who's the three-man that went number six overall to the Cavs? Okoro. Uh, Isaac Okoro. Right. Chuma. Chuma. So these guys, you know, 50% with those guys are just over 50% where you're saying this guy was good enough to take that one year. As opposed to now with the portal, you go, well, I mean, I know I got a guy that's proven here, and he may be one year too, but at least I know he's going to be good. I'll just go get another one next year. Right. Right. You're going to have to do it anyway, high school or portal. I agree. And I think that's kind of Bruce's stance. Either we're taking McDonald's Mm All-Americans or we're taking transfer portal kids. We're not taking – We're taking one-and-dones or we're – and and Aiden may be a two and done just because he it requires a little bit more growth, but principle still the same. That kid's a first round ta- talent. If everything, so it's the hot Pettiford. Yeah, 
if it clicks right, those are both first-round type mm-hmm. guys. So, yes, LeBaron Fylon is still in play. I think they're still going to press for him. I think Floyd Badunga is probably the guy that they want in this class. Um, there's a lot of Alonzo Mourning to his game, a lot of Bam Adebayo to his game. Just Bruce that loves rough, him. Yeah, that rough and tumble five that just doesn't – you know what I mean? He's, he's just a dominant force. But, uh, no, I'm with you, Jay Lee. I, I think the lean into the transfer portal is there. I, I think it's an avenue that Bruce feels like he can compete in and that NIL is in a space where it needs to be to go get those kids out of the portal too because that's the thing. You're not just fishing out of the transfer portal. You also got to be fishing with some bait out of the transfer portal, and that bait is NIL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Johnny Janai Broom didn't come back because he wanted another year of college. <laughs> yeah. Not not only because not, not only that, right. Because it, that. There needed to be some compensation there as well, brother. I mean, you're talking you you, you having to match second round money. He, yeah. he he had a nice deal, and good for them. Congratulations to OTV. Yes. Congratulations yeah. to Bruce Pearl and Stephen Pearl, both of whom. Uh, recruited Janai Broom very, very hard, very heavily. And then OTV onto victory, Auburn's collective, NIL collective, stepped up without those guys. Janai Broom's in the second round, right? That's what Bruce said. He's 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 in the NBA next year. So good job to uh, the Wolf and his his subscribers. Uh, don't want to hear him complaining because OTV just just oh, he, bought, bought Auburn five or six wins. He probably has something to say Sunday night. We'll, we'll see. All right, Wolf, come come on in a howling, big dog. Yeah. All right, Rice DP's back. He wants to know which offensive line do we have the best chance to land as of now or even post June OTVs. Kind of matches up with what we were talking about with the interior guys. We'll hit the o, o, OTs next weekend, but I think Rice Baker. As far as the best chance, yes, yeah, Reese Baker, Caleb Holmes, y'all jump in here, um, Caleb Holmes. I would say Caleb Holmes because I know he's a take right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I think that's the guy, and behind him, I'm going to go Jamison Riggs. I think there's some confidence there. I agree with Cole on that from from who I've talked to. Now, I don't think they think it's a done deal or anything like that, but right, those are the two guys I'm watching right now. And then, as far as offensive tackles goes, man. There's Auburn's in on several. This would be a good segment next next week, um, because you've got guys like you know Jonathan Daniels, Calhoun. Uh, you've got uh, I just looked at it earlier. Damn it. Um, who are some other all uh, big Cohen Cohen Eccles is a guy. Yeah, C O E N. Hey, just hear me on this. Auburn loves him. Okay. Okay. Is he a tackle or a guard, Cole? He's listed as a tackle, but he's about six three. Okay. Close. Under six four, so maybe an interior guy on the next level, but feet like a tackle, there is no doubt. All right, now I will tell you this, and this is something I was told, with the scheme that Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze run, you don't have to have traditional style tackles. You can get no, you can not. get by with guys that have good feet and good Dylan Wade. Right, a Dylan, Dylan Wade type because there's going to be a heavy RPO and play action aspect to this offense. So maybe this is a guy that you recruit as a tackle because of the system that you employ. Mm. Okay. That's why that's why Jaden Muskrat could play tackle for Philip Montgomery at Tulsa because he's got good feet, and it didn't matter that he didn't have a great reach. You know, he really doesn't. He doesn't have that tackle reach that you would want in the pros. Right. Yeah. But he was able to move people off the line at the edge, and that was that's what they needed. 
Some other guys on here I'm looking at. Ethan Calloway visited. Uh, yes. Fletcher Westfall will visit. Kevin Haywood will probably come back. Um, he, he is definitely coming back. Okay. Yeah, he's on, he's on an OV for the 16th. That's the one to me right now that I'm Who, watching. Haywood? Yes. Nicole just had a story about him. Hearing great things on Haywood. <laughs> okay. Once again. So, so Auburn's, in, Auburn's in a good spot heading into June. We'll see what how things shake out right after June uh, with these offensive linemen because you, you've got a really good portal class. You had some high school. So you kind of want to keep that momentum going. We haven't seen Auburn do that in a long time, uh, especially along the offensive line. Oh, Jonty, 2104, are you surprised at the way Hugh and his staff have, has flipped the overall feeling of the program so quickly? No. Okay. I'm not. Uh, I thought he was the guy that could do that. Looking at the candidates, obviously Lane Kiffin was the guy we talked about in, in you know, he's kind of boom or bust. You just never know what he's going to do in recruiting or on the field. But I felt like the most steady guy was Hugh Freeze, and not only that, he's recruited well, and he has recruited well out of the transfer portal. I don't think he got enough credit for the portal players he got at Liberty that were perfect for what they needed to do and why they were successful. So looking at that, that was one of the other reasons why I thought he was a great you know, candidate before he was hired because he was going to be able to re- recruit out of the portal. And I had seen enough just from the last staff and just from what I'd heard about Auburn's NIL program and different things that I think we used the word sleeping giant as far as portal recruiting went, or the term. And I really believe that came to fruition, this portal cycle. Yeah, top five on every recruiting website uh, throughout the industry. Didn't we say sleeping giant? If if all these things get aligned, if you got the right coach, they got the right staff, NIL, you could really kill it in the portal with the situation the roster was was in. And could he have done much better, really? And we've talked about that too. Don't think so. No, it, it, I think the only thing that probably would have helped them quicker is if they had landed a quarterback in the first window. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that probably would have expedited some things. But other than that, I mean, I, I can't really argue with anything that they did in the portal. I was I was going to say the only thing that could have been would you prefer Grayson McCall in December than Peyton Thorne in May? Yeah, that's that's a tough call. It is, isn't it? It is. On paper, yes. On paper, I think Grayson McCall is the perfect quarterback. He would have been here for spring. Yeah, it would have been the perfect situation. Obviously, it didn't happen. So, what's your next best option? Besides the kid who went to Kentucky. But from everything we know about the McCall situation, it was going to happen, right? Oh, it was done. It was done. To. Yeah. So, again, that, that that falls under this, hey, Auburn's kind of this sleeping giant when it wants to be in the in the transfer portal, and you can get things done. All right, Nash Tiger 14, are Cam Coleman and or Perry Thompson day one starters if they sign with Auburn? That's the question for you two. Day uh, one starters for a true freshman and wide receiver – that's pretty tough to do. Yeah. Um, as as it sits today, if you're they not a contributor, counting, well, I, I'd go as far as starter for both of those guys if you're looking at what you got right now or what okay. you have coming back. Now that's going to change. Yeah. Before they get there, but yeah, it, I'm with you there, Cole. It, it's hard to project forward because what does Camden Brown do? What does Amari Kelly do? You know what I mean? What does Caleb Burton do? You don't know what the growth and projection is there just yet. Yeah. And we'll wait and see in fall camp. What we know is, is that you got a Jair Shorter um, who's got one to two years left. 
Um, you just brought in a, a transfer from Jackson State in Shane Hollywood Hooks. It's got one year left, so you know he's moving on. But what does the maturation look like for some of those younger pieces? It's hard to say. Yeah. If one of these guys be better than one of the names I just listed, I think there's the potential for that for sure. So probably if you got both, only one of those would start. But if you only land one, then, I, yeah, I think the potential is there for them to be a day one starter. Okay. Oh, Honk, if you want, if you coach for Bama, which was a uh, popular phrase back in, was it, 90, 2000s, I think. It was the Mike Shula stuff, wasn't it? I thought it was Honk if you sack Brody. I, I remember Honk if you sack Brody. I didn't oh, remember yeah. the other one. It was They had Franchoni, Mike Price. Mike oh, yes. They had like three coaches in a span of three months. Oh, uh, do you agree that portal recruiting is far more important and valuable than high school? I do not. For 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 immediate success, absolutely. Yes. Long term, hell no. Correct. Right. Yeah. I'll leave you with this. How many guys, if you watched the NFL draft this past year, how many of those guys that went in the first and second round were transfer players? That's an interesting Ooh. study. I don't think it's a lot. It's not. There, you have you have a outlier every once in a while. Okay, four in four, the first three. round. Like Joe Burrow is like an outlier, right? That doesn't oh, happen a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you you have transfer situations, but typically speaking, the large majority of your roster, the upper end talent on your roster you collect is going to come out of the high school recruiting scene. You're going to yeah. cultivate it, you're going to develop it, and you're going to retain it, right? Because yeah. it's a lot easier to retain talent than it is to acquire talent. And what I mean easier to acquire, I mean by monetary purposes, because you're going to be paying up to get a premier talent out of the portal. Yep. The prices Ooh. that you pay for portal players by comparison to what you pay out of the high school ranks um, is about double right now. If the, sta- if, if the information I've had is correct mm-hmm. regarding the NIL, it's about double for what you're paying for getting kids out of the portal. Yeah, you don't want big portal classes because not many people can afford That's just expensive. It <laughs> is, dude. It's, it's, it's hell you of expensive. You got twenty contracts you're trying to come up with in one class, like Auburn did. You don't want to do that every year. You can't afford to do that every year and keep yeah. the Camden Browns and the Jarquez Hunters happy. Correct. Yeah. It is so much easier to retain. That's why you see Georgia be successful when they target kids in the portal because they can throw big big amounts of money at them. Um, it's why I mean, look, you've already got most of these kids don't want to leave for the most part. If they're happy and they're thriving in the system, their friends are already there. They don't want to move on. They just want to make sure that they're financially secure. So it's significantly easier to retain kids than it is to acquire. Mm. Um, and so for that reason, look at who your championship teams are year in and year out. Look at your NFL draft situation. Most of those guys are not transfer players. Now, you can raise the floor. We've all talked about that, and you got to do that. you got to create more competition. But to create where you can be on the high end of the spectrum, it's got to come from the high school junior college ranks. I love it, man. Let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Anybody got any how about you's this week? I only have two. Yeah, I, I got one. Okay, okay. Rice DP is getting one for me for saying our boy JD Pacquiao and, and JD does a fantastic job with on three network when he mm-hmm. said that uh, my man, um, God, I forgot his name now. Who's the dude from Lethal? What Gary Busey was his oh, job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He said, he said, J.D. looks like Gary Busey. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, I, think, I think J.D. responded back and said, 
<laughs> greatest compliment I've ever been given or something like that. So okay, they so are good people, man. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. good people. Uh, I, I tell you what, Rice also, uh, it was on a thread that got um, got locked. But uh, I see you, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing some. He was doing some posting. It got locked, but he was doing a good job. I'm, I'm gonna give him old Rice DP. How about you? Uh, Cole. Uh, Bug Mac is my one this this week. Bug Mac. Bug Mac. B u g g m a c k. It's just B u g space m a c k. That's what I said. <laughs> Got the picture of Alby there. Okay, Alby, Alby. I've got uh, H Wilson. Uh, how about you, to H Wilson? I think he's a new guy. Appreciate him, man. How about you, to good fan? Tell you what, good fan is a good poster, man. He, he he's good stuff. Uh, big. How about you to him and um, all the guys that came in? And listen, if we didn't get to some questions, I tell you what, one thing we could do, Cole, J Head, you too, on that post on the corner. If we didn't get to their questions, maybe go in there and hit them up uh, on the corner. Because they had some really good questions. We just couldn't get to them all. Hey, uh, we're going to wrap it up there, folks. Again, if you're looking for a house in or around Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, uh, looking for the, she is a specialist when it comes to selling, folks. Give her a call. Jessica Andrus with the Talents Group, 334-704-4442. Give her a call. Tell her we sent you. Look for Sunday night. We'll be back 630 uh, for the call-in show, might have some official visit news by then, but we'll certainly be turning the phone uh, and the topics over to you guys, the callers. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody watching. For Jay here, for Cole, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Liebman. Y'all stay that left lane. See ya. <laughs>